Welcome to Inside the Economy with SHNJ. Presented by Larry Howes of Sharky, Howes, and Jaber. Learn more about Sharky, Howes, and Jaber at shwj.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning. Uh, brief look at the numbers. The uh, Both ISM surveys, the manufacturing and the non-manufacturing, came back very positive. Clearly, manufacturing in the U.S. is picking up momentum. And the services side, which is 70% of the economy, is also picking up. It's at 57.2. GDP estimates have moved up from 29 to 3.1%. Uh, that's a good number. 3.1% is pretty good for an $18 trillion economy. On some seasonal numbers, unemployment number dropped to 46 That might stay there for a while. We'll see after a holiday hiring. And uh, as part of the news, everybody should be familiar right now that OPEC did their agreement to cut production a million and a half barrels a day. Uh, and... Oil, crude oil is up in the 50s, 51.6 last time I looked. Been there almost two days. I think that's great. And I will say on the other side, uh, once the announcement was made that they were going to cut production, the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones set record highs. Uh, the NASDAQ, the small company index, only fell about 1%. But I think it's clear that the days of OPEC having an influence on our markets that Probably over. Anyway, uh, euros at 108. I think it is creeping towards parity, meaning it should be at a dollar sometime in 2017. And the entire yield curve is shifted up in anticipation of the Federal Reserve raising rates probably next week. On the political side, I think uh, there's a lot of rumors out there suggesting that the new administration is going to try and repatriate. Uh, there's about $2.6 trillion in corporate corporate profits that are overseas, Apple probably being the biggest one in the sites. Uh, I think with $216 billion in cash, they probably make enough, uh, enough press that they become a target. Anyway, from my perspective, looking at the securities filings that Apple does, those profits – whether they were taxed in the U.S. or not, I don't know. But that money overseas is being invested just like euro dollars are being invested. That's basically assets denominated in U.S. dollars and deposited in foreign banks. That's like a CD at a U.S. bank. Uh, I think the idea of repatriating the cash itself is pointless. Uh, those banks around the world, I'm sure value having assets like that denominated in dollars. And the the U.S. bank is already flooded with cash. Well, we'll see about that. I'm sure you've heard about the uh, referendum failing in Italy. The prime minister is resigning. Uh, That attempt to modify the Italian constitution failed. I think they want to go back to business as usual. And there'll probably be another election next year, uh, 2017, to determine a new prime minister in the course of Italy. 
Now, you'll hear a lot of rumors about Italy making noises about leaving the euro and leaving the, the currency. We'll see about that. There are several referendums next year, uh, France, Italy. Greece is going to have another one besides a big loan payment. This may portend dark clouds for the future of the eurozone. I wouldn't bet the farm on that just yet. The currency and the economic zone still has great value for these members. Uh, in the short term, I don't think it's a particularly attractive place to invest. And it's probably reflected in a lot of your portfolios. Anyway, so uh, back to the U.S. The, uh, the real estate situation, we'll talk more about this later on in December, but the Case-Shiller home prices came out here a little while ago, basically reflecting the uh, last peak, previous peak in home prices, which was about 2006, and uh, where they are in September 2016. Well, the two hottest markets in the major markets in the U.S. are Denver and Dallas, followed by Portland and Seattle. It's kind of flat until you get to Washington, D.C., most of the large Midwest, New York, Chicago, even Miami and Tampa, are all seriously negative. Las Vegas leading the pack at about 35% less than the last peak. Clearly, there are some overages in those markets, and they continue to adjust. But the single-family home market has come a long way. It's just not near what it was in 2006, nor will it likely reach that kind of balloon proportion again. Uh, speaking of balloons, also, there's some rumors that the current administration is going to spend a trillion dollars in the next decade on U.S. infrastructure. Well, that's certainly possible, and I think there'll be some proposals to buy some infra infrastructure, a few bridges, a highway or two, but it's probably not going to be here. This is uh, the issuance of new treasuries. We have lowered our issuances after the, the recovery in 2008 and 2009, and new debt out of Treasury has dropped significantly. Though we haven't started paying off that money we borrowed, the chances that the Treasury is simply going to start issuing new debt probably overblown at this point. The privatization of the infrastructure market in the United States is probably well underway, I will cite the third lane on I-70 coming down from uh, US-40 to almost to Golden as a toll road. You'll see more and more of that. Uh, and as valuable as infrastructure projects are, and they are as far as federal government, this is a reminder for most of you, the uh, every time the government spends a dollar, there is a multiplier associated with it. Some of it's positive, some of it's a negative. But when the government buys stuff, like airplanes from Boeing, or transfer payments to state and local governments for projects, or transfers to state and local governments, that's Medicaid. Transfers to individuals, that's Social Security. Those have a very high multiplier effect. According to this chart, and this is from the CBO, it's basically $2 worth of, of multiplication into the economy for every dollar they pay. It's very efficient. 
and I've mentioned several times, is few things on earth more efficient than Social Security and Medicaid, for that matter. Other things that the administration is talking about, tax cuts, uh, homebuyer credit, even reducing the corporate tax rate, have significantly less impact. They have less than a dollar impact on almost everything that they do. It's not a big deal. It's not particularly relevant. It doesn't do a lot for the economy. I understand a lot of people's feelings that the government spends too much money on, uh, you know, welfare payments or transfer payments or social payments. Well, I will remind you again, that's very efficient money. Whereas those of us trying to get a tax cut, it isn't quite as good. And I'm sure there'll be more of that later when Congress starts to look at the new tax proposals. This is a very dense chart, and I apologize for it. It's the best Deutsche Bank can do. It is a great representation of the globalization of the United States economy by industry and category. Over on the left are the categories where the United States has not really participated in it, lost its sales on the global market in the areas of textiles, uh, computer and electronic manufacturing, uh, those areas, furniture, textiles, that kind of thing. Other nations, Vietnam, China, South Korea, Philippines, sell that stuff to us. Uh, the blue triangle is where our position was in 1997, the orange circle, 2006, and then where we are, the bars, where we are today. Uh, it's a nice way of saying you're losing ground in those areas. Those areas are probably not very productive for the U.S. economy or the U.S. worker to participate in. I will cite the one area that is uniquely different, and that's oil and gas production. We are, even at low dollar prices today, higher than we were in 1997 and to 2006 in oil and gas production. Uh, we're right neck and neck, if not a tiny bit ahead of Saudi Arabia, with most of the oil shale offline. Everything else, uh, wood products, specially manufacturing, plastics, machinery, everything, the United States is still right up there selling as much as anybody does. The globalization market is not a huge, doesn't have a huge impact on the U.S. economy. Uh, these are the countries where it does have a huge economy. Germany, South Korea, Italy, the U.K., top of the list. Averaging about 25% of all of their workers are involved in foreign trade. Well, the list drops significantly, and right there at the bottom is the U.S. at less than 10%. You don't have to stop globalization to bring manufacturing back to the U.S. It isn't that big a number to begin with. Uh, what is the global total value of the global market? Yeah, it's about $16 trillion all around the world. That's less than the GDP of just the United States. Though it is in trillions, and yes, it's real money, uh, it is an issue. It's not... A titanic issue. What's going on in the markets right now are new highs everywhere from some optimism, from some opportunity to see higher earnings, maybe a break in some taxes on the corporate side, 
but simply moving forward. So uh, that's all for now, and thank you.